afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show. And uh, I just had the opportunity to check out a really great documentary, probably one of my favorites of the year. It is called 24 by 36, a movie about movie posters. Um, anybody who listens to the show knows, you know, as a as a podcast person and as a film person, uh, things like this really are the shit that I fuck with. So um, we're lucky enough today to have the director with us, Kevin Burke. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really absolutely adored the documentary. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, oh, thank you. And just, I mean, so expansive. I mean, there was just, you know, I, I can't even imagine, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of this, but I can't even imagine, you know, what you <laughs> went through trying to call out the history of, of, of movie posters. I mean, what an insane undertaking. Yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty loaded with information for sure. <laughs> sure. But that was you know that was one of the really great things about it. I never felt like I was watching you know like a, a some, like one of the documentaries you would have to watch in school. You know, I never felt like I was bogged down with information. You know, it, it definitely yeah. you, you really streamlined it, and I, I thought that was pretty incredible. Um, oh, thanks. But before we, you know, jump into the documentary proper, uh, I want to know kind of, you know, what was your introduction to, to movie posters and film? And, and was that something that, you know, was always part of your life growing up? Uh, it, it's really interesting because the uh, the film itself kind of follows the the arc of the film. The narrative arc kind of follows and mirrors uh, my own. Because when, when I was, I, I've always loved film. When I was a kid... Uh, my parents took me to see a theatrical re-release of E.T. Uh, when I was five or six. And it was the best experience of my life up until that point. Uh, I just remember falling in love with um, just the cinema in general and, and the movies and just going to the movies. And, uh, you know, you're sitting in the dark and the room is just lit up by this world that someone else created for you to experience. And that's something that's always fascinated me and, uh, and still does to this day. And that's, that's part of why I wanted to be a filmmaker. Sure. Um, so being a movie lover, obviously, uh, you know, everything surrounding film, I had that my hands on and, uh, movie posters were a very, very big part of the marketing back then, a lot more so than they are now, right. uh, because they they didn't have the ability to put clips and trailers and everything else on the internet like back then. The only way to see a trailer still was either at uh, at the cinema before another movie, or um, you know, on a rented VHS tape right. before uh, before the film played. So. Uh, movie posters were a big deal. Like they, they were, they really, really had to sell you this world that that the filmmaker wanted you to experience. And uh, they were also, as we explore in the film, they were also very different uh, back then as well. Right. So, what I used to do is I used to go to the local video store and the local cinema and they would keep a waiting list behind the counter and all the kids in town, like if you were the first one to get your name on that waiting list for a certain poster that was in the marquee uh -huh. in the light box, 
they would call you first when it came down <laughs> and uh and then you'd you know you'd hop on your bike and then you'd ride across town and and go and pick this poster up so sure. My my walls in my bedroom when I was a kid were just littered with movie posters, and I had them rolled up under my bed, like all over the place. That's and awesome. uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a really uh, like it was a really big part of my life when I was a kid, and then I I kind of uh, I kind of just stopped. Right. Like I it, around the same time that I was becoming a teenager was when the entire movie lovers landscape kind of changed. Like the video stores weren't, they weren't locally owned anymore. Like Blockbuster and Rogers video here in Canada kind of took over all these small privately owned video stores and everything became a lot more commercial. Same thing happened with the, with the cinemas. There were very few local cinemas anymore because they were all like the, the cinema, the large cinema chains were just kind of eating them up. Sure. And uh, and the poster art was changing around the same time. Um, now I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to to say that the poster art changing from illustrated to predominantly photographic is what made me stop collecting. I think it's more just kind of a coincidence that at that time my uh, attentions were drawn elsewhere. Sure. Um, but yeah, so I stopped collecting one sheet, and then years and years later, about six years ago, my fiance bought me my first uh, screen print. It was a Mondo screen print. There will be blood by Ollie Moss. Oh, Ollie Moss, yeah, sure. And uh, yeah, I, I opened it up. I took it out of the tube, and I was just immediately I was a movie poster lover again. So, it was. It, it felt like this, like this stuff had been created just for me and just to fill that that void that I had or that absence of uh, of art that I'd been missing for years. Sure. So you 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 gain this, you know, brand new love for the for the art form. When is it that you start to to think about okay, well, you know, there's there's more of a story to tell here and this has a really rich history and when do you start to put together yeah, I, I I think there might be a, a, a film in this. Well, uh, my fiance again, Andrea, she was doing a uh, a lecture on uh, there's a there's there's a really great horror lecture series here in Toronto, uh, run by Paul Corp and Andrea Subasati. It's called the Black Museum. Sure. And what they do is they, they do academic lectures that are focused on uh, horror films. So, uh, you know, they'll have a lot of people come in to talk about slasher films. And they're all like, they're academic people who've written papers on, on the, the genre. Right. So it's a, it's a really interesting series. And they asked my fiance to do one, and she decided to do it on the history of uh, horror movie posters. And so we've been collecting screen prints at that time for quite a while. And um, she just kind of thought, you know what, why don't we see if any of these artists who were fans of her located in Toronto? And sure enough, a bunch of them were. Uh, one of our favorites, Gary Poland, ghoulish oh, Gary sure. Poland. <laughs> uh, we've, we've been fans of his work for a really, really long time. Sorry, my dog's that's right. uh, we've been fans of his work for a really long time. We found out that he was living here in Toronto 
And so uh, we asked him if he'd be interested in doing an interview. And uh, basically, I, I cut the interview together. I animated some of his posters. And Andrea played the interview as part of her lecture. And it was a big hit. Everybody loved it. And we just kind of said, you know, maybe there's something here. Like, I'd been looking for my first feature film project to do for a while. Sure. Uh, and it seemed because it was something that we were both so interested in and, and something that we wanted to explore that that, that might be the, the best way to do it. And that's what we did. So you say that, you know, this kind of came about looking for your first feature project. Was documentary always going to be, uh, you know, your first thing? Or were you looking at narrative as well? Or, you know, how did that kind of... Uh, Documentary wasn't always going to be the first. I I definitely looked at narrative. I still do. I'm writing a screenplay right now. Um, But I thought... uh, Stupidly, <laughs> I might add. I thought that, oh, maybe I can do, you know, I own my own camera. Maybe documentary will be easier sure. and uh, and and cheaper. And uh, so I, I'll, I'll just bang out this doc. And it took me three years. And I had to, and editing a documentary, I'm like, I've, I've been editing video for a about a decade. Sure. Editing a documentary, a feature-length documentary, is the hardest, hardest thing to do. Sure. Because you don't, you don't have a, uh, I mean, you have, you have a script going in, but the script is, because documentary is, uh, a lot of it is unexpected. Right, right. You can't, you can have an idea of the story that you're going to tell, but it's, it very, very much comes alive to the edit. Sure. So you you don't have like a script to work from. You don't have a scene structure to work from. Like you've got to put all of that together from little pieces that you've collected over the course of filming. And we shot like, I think 60 interviews and uh, yeah, it was editing. It was very, very difficult. So in, in talking about editing, when did the story start to come about and how do you go about condensing as we said earlier, you know, such a broad topic. I mean, you do, like I said, you did such a great job of balancing the history with this new poster renaissance that we're currently going through. When did the story start Thanks. to come about, and, and, you know, what what was your aha moment? Well, originally the film was going to be strictly about uh, the screen print world. Okay. It was just going to be about this new... Uh, this this new movement that it, that is kind of occurring and and starting to gain attention, but you know over the over the span of three years of filming it, uh, you meet a bunch of people, you get a bunch of different perspectives, and one thing that was always in the back of my mind was this is what one of the things I love so much about the screen printed arts that like gray matter and scuzzles and and Mondo are creating, uh, and all these artists is that it's uh, again, it's filling a void for me. Like it's like studios aren't using illustration in their key art anymore. Sure. And that was something that was very important to me. And I thought, uh, you know, and again, in the back of my mind, I was always thinking, I can't be the only person who feels this way. I can't be the only person who feels that there is some sort of connection here. Like, there's there's something that 
uh, that, that connects these two worlds. And wouldn't it be great if all this attention that the screen print was uh, screen prints were getting eventually results in studios starting to toy with illustration and keynote again? Sure. And uh, and eventually word started getting around that I was making this movie about movie posters. And uh, again, a lot of people just hear movie poster and they immediately think one sheets or right, right. people who aren't familiar with the who aren't familiar with the screen printing world. Uh, certainly just the same one sheets. And I was contacted by a couple of people who represented artists, like traditional movie poster artists from uh, the 70s and 80s. Sure. And they, they just said, hey, are, are you thinking about covering this? Are you thinking about covering that? And I just said, you know what? I am now. <laughs> and uh, so we, we started exploring that. The, the, more, the more you gather through interviews, like, again, a documentary is a very, very much a living, breathing thing throughout production. Like, you'll go and conduct an interview, and you'll learn something in that interview that sends you off in a whole different direction. So uh, there's a lot going on, and I actually at a certain point I was having a chat with Justin Erickson from Phantom City Creative, Absolutely. Uh, who does a lot of Mondo uh, work with Mondo, and we were talking about the film, and he just said, "Dude, you have to at some point you have to pull the plug." He said, <laughs> right, it's, yeah. it's, "It's a story that it's a story that never ends." Right. 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 So, I mean, I could just be making this movie, collecting footage for 10 years, but at some point you've got to be able to say, okay, this is, this is it. We've, we've got the story that we want to tell and we're going to roll with it. And uh, that's how it came about. Wow. Um, what were some of the standouts for you while you were filming? You know, what were some of your, your, your greatest successes to you as a filmmaker? Uh, getting to meet Roger Castell sure. and... And uh, to see the original sketch for the Empire Strikes Back wow. poster yeah. was pretty uh, was pretty astonishing. That's incredible. Um, but I but that said, I mean, every interview I went to was with an artist that I was a fan of, you know. Sure. So, um, and and it's totally changed my life. Like it's pretty incredible. Like. Uh, like I, I was the videographer at uh, Justin Erickson and Paige Reynolds' wedding last year. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the two artists from Phantom City Creative. Sure. And so and and like long before I was ever you know good friends with them and and Gary and Matt Tobin and the rest of these artists. Like I was just a really big fan, you know. So right, it's right. It, it, it's yeah. The the whole experience was really really surreal and really interesting. And then of course once. Once the film was wrapped, like you hit all these little milestones, like wow, now my first feature film is wrapped. We're not shooting it anymore. Like it's in the can. Now it's edited, right? And now we got to do our first big festival and so forth. So it's a lot of very exciting things happen on your first feature film. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, one of the things that you kind of you know touch on a little bit in the film is how, you know, posters began in, in France, but, you know, not so much movie posters. One of the most interesting 
bits of movie poster history to me is like the Polish posters and the posters from Ghana. Was there ever a thought to include, you know, kind of the worldwide poster movement in, in the film? Totally. There absolutely was. Uh, and I'm glad you mentioned Polish posters because I love them. <laughs> uh, they're, they're astounding and they're absolutely nuts. Yeah. And I think that they're, they're fantastic. Um, also some really amazing Italian posters, I, I mean, all over the world, there's artists making great posters. Sure. In Ghana, they're making, like, amazing poster art, you yeah. know? So it's... On flowers. It, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, there's there's a ton that I would have loved to have covered, sure. but, I mean, the fact is, this could have been a miniseries. Like, it, it could... It's like Justin said when he told me you gotta... At some point, you've gotta pull the plug. Like, there's... There's only so much that you can tell. I mean, you and I may watch a three-hour documentary about movie <laughs> posters, but the general public might not. Sure. Might not keep their attention for that long. So, sure. uh, you know, I wanted to ultimately create something that uh, that works for, like, movie lovers in general so that they can learn something about some of the amazing poster illustrations that they're familiar with. Uh-huh. Uh, as well as introduce them to something new that's very exciting and happening in the world of poster art. Sure. Um, but also just for for uh, for fans as well, for the people who are already familiar with this stuff, who might just want it. They might know who Roger Costello is, but they might just want to see what he has to say about something, right? So. Sure. And I mean, I think that's one of the most uh, one of your biggest accomplishments in the film. I think is just how accessible it is. You know. I was really kind of, you know, wonderfully surprised that anybody could pick it up, you know, and that's 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 definitely a, a big success. Um, so Thanks. we're big fans of, of Snowfort here at the podcast, and we're, I was kind of wondering, you know, when did Travis and David come come into the process, and when did you start to work with them? That's actually a super funny story. So um, I had... I'd made the first cut of the film, which was very different from this cut. Uh, and it, like, there was a whole voiceover, like I did voiceover for the film. Oh, wow. Uh, like narration. Sure. Just to like bridge the gaps. And there was a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of animation to supplement that. And I think it was like almost 30 minutes longer than it is now. And, uh, a lot rougher than it probably should have been. And I've been submitting to a few festivals and I was on Reddit and I went to the filmmakers subreddit and I was poking around asking people if they had heard back from South by Southwest yet. Cause I hadn't heard back yet whether or not the film got in sure. and I was obsessing over it. And, uh, some guy sent me a message and said, Hey, listen, I know this, this probably isn't what you want to hear, but, you probably would have heard by now if you got in. I had a film that we heard about two weeks ago from the festival, and we were told that it was got in, or that we got into it. And I was just like, oh, shit, that's a bummer. And he said, uh, hey, what's your movie about? And I told him. And he said, oh, that sounds amazing. Can I see the trailer? And I sent him the trailer. And he just kind of said, holy shit, that's really cool. Would you be okay with showing me a screener? So he sent me his email address sure. and I, I vetted him first. I was like, I'm not just going to send a 
screener to some random dude on the internet. Uh, but it turned out that dude was David Lawson. And I, and, and I also love, like, I love still fort movies oh, and I'm a big yeah. fan. Absolutely. And so I I'm, immediately, I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. I'll send you this. So I sent it to him. Uh, David really enjoyed it a lot. He showed it to Travis and Stephanie Trepanier. And from there, we just kind of went back and forth on uh, on notes and how to how to refine the film, change some of the editing. I conducted, I think, two additional interviews after that point just to kind of flush out the narrative a bit. Sure. And uh, and that was it. The rest is history. But uh, yeah, Snowfort is uh, like unreal. They're amazing. Yeah, They're incredible to work with too. That's you know that really, seems, really that seems to be the consensus across the board and you know like I said I mean we're big fans here and and had a chance to talk with David and Travis at the Chattanooga Festival this year and yeah just what a what an incredible company. Um, oh dude, if I if I have a choice, I will I would never work with any other uh, producers again if I'm able to work with Snowfort. Like they're cool. just they're incredible guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I, I want to know, you know, for yourself, I mean, this is your first film and the, the reception has seemed pretty incredible festival and, and otherwise, I mean, what has it been like for, for you, you know, with, with reception and whatnot? Uh, it's, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, it's, it's certainly dwarfed my, all of my expectations. Sure. Um, like when you're making a movie like this, especially the way that we did it, when it, where it was like, you know, a lot of it is just self-funded. Like, we were in a Kickstarter campaign, which was amazing. We got a ton of backer support uh, very early on. But it, that does exactly what the name says. Like, it kickstarts the project. Sure. And then, uh, you know, we kind of said to ourselves, look, we can, we can just string this together and we can put it up on YouTube and we can just print our own DVDs and send them to the Kickstarter backers, but we felt like there's a really a, a really interesting story sure. that we could tell. If we just put if we were patient and we put more into it. And so that's what we did. Right. Uh, so it was it was a matter of like me working my day job, saving up money for a trip to go conduct some interviews. You fly out to LA for a week you do your interviews, you fly back and then you start saving again Sure. for the next round of interviews. Right. And so it takes some time. Um, but to, to see like to see all that work and that waiting kind of culminate in like a premiere at fantastic fest and, you know, being in the top 20 documentaries on iTunes throughout our first week of release. Absolutely. Uh, is just like it's just crazy to me. I, I still have trouble wrapping my head around it. And it, I mean, more importantly than that, even is the the people that I was able to meet sure. at uh, at all the festivals that I got to go to, like in the contacts I was able to make. And uh, yeah, so it's it, it was it's definitely a dream come true. Absolutely. Well, in in kind of you know wrapping up, I'm I'm so happy to see that the film has has been received so well, and uh, one of your next projects is 
super interesting to me, uh, just as a fan of this kind of thing and the, the thing that goes, you know, the things that happen behind the scenes. I wonder if you could tell us a little about uh, Untold Horror. Yeah, man, for sure. So uh, I'm working on Untold Horror with, uh, it was created by Dave Alexander, the former editor-in-chief of the Room Martin Magazine. Sure. And uh, Mark Plessel. And it's being directed by a really great director named Bob Barrett. And I'm uh, I'm producing and editing, and I'm going to do the motion graphics, like a lot of stuff very similar to what you saw in 24 by 36. Awesome. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, really exciting, fantastic uh, project. It's a documentary series about horror films that were intended to be made, but for whatever reason, kind of fell apart. And there's a ton of them. Like, there's just some amazing, amazing stories out there. And we, we had the opportunity to uh, chat with John Landis about a couple of things. Uh, we've chatted with uh, Takeshi Miike. Um, uh, William Lustig, like, just count. And we've lined up like a ton, a ton of amazing interviews with really incredible directors sure. just to kind of chat with them and find out uh, about these films that never got made and why they didn't get made. Because uh, there's various reasons. There's also various stages of development where they fall apart, right? Sure, sure. And it, so, and it seems like such a bittersweet thing, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. But, I mean, a lot of times these guys are happy to talk about it. I mean, it's part of their... Um, you know, their long established careers and, uh, you know, without those stories to compare the success stories to what you have, right? Sure. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a really, really awesome series. I'm very excited to be working on it. Uh, we're still in the early stages on that. Um, but, uh, the wheels are turning actually Dave and Mark are in the, Ottawa right now at Ottawa Comic Con. I think doing some filming with uh, George Romero. Oh, incredible! Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so that one's moving pretty fast and furious. So sure. I'm, uh, you know, I'm hoping people get the opportunity to see it sooner. At least we'll be able to make some more announcements about it. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. You know, we really appreciate it. And uh, you know, as I said before, the movies. Really incredible. Uh, for everybody out there, if you want to check it out, it's available on digital through iTunes and Amazon and Vudu. Uh, and you can also get a physical copy uh, and on Amazon uh, for Blu-ray and DVD. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Oh, man, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, this has been Mike for We're Gonna Need a Bigger Show, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. We're gonna need a bigger show.